Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and we're continuing our look at Doom Patrol. So episode three came out last week on DC Universe, entitled Puppet Patrol. And as always, there's going to be some spoilers here as we go forward, as we take a look at episode three of Doom Patrol, as I said, entitled Puppet Patrol. So when we last left off, the team quote-unquote, uh, was trying to find uh, Dr. Niles Calder, a.k.a. the Chief. Uh, they were very unsuccessful. I mean, they found an interdimensional gateway, perhaps, inside of a donkey. Uh, they didn't really learn much about the whereabouts of Niles, but they kind of learned a little bit about themselves, and we all and we did as well. So when we pick it up here, they're pretty much down and dejected. Um, we see Vic cyborg uh he's not looking too good here probably because his his whole world is kind of shattered um in his mind you know and we saw this last week you know he really thought he had a good handle on who he was why he was doing what he was doing why he was fighting crime as cyborg but really after the events of last episode um He's now not sure. He's not sure if his memories, his thoughts, his feelings, are they real or are they programming? So we start off with him with a flashback where we see him talking to his mother in the lab, and uh, apparently he is being grounded. Uh, now, like I said, uh, I think I said this last time, this uh, particular Vic Stone cyborg is really more the old-school cyborg. Um, victim of a lab accident, the mother passed away, the father, Silas, uh, was alive, made the cybernetic parts for him, and basically helped him become cyborg, and they had a very tenuous relationship at best. So, really, like I said, after the... Um, after the events, after what he went through last week, he's really not sure now. He's really not sure who he is. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, you know, he had this idea in his head that he was doing, he was being cyborg to honor his mother, you know, a promise unfulfilled, we'll say. And, you know, to quote him or actually to quote his father, because his father pretty much gave the exact same speech he did. You know, the burden of being cyborg is fulfilling the promise to his mother, knowing that she's not alive to see him do so. So we start with a flashback where we see uh, the incident in the lab. Uh, he's being grounded because he's kind of, you know, shirking his studies there. This particular Victor Stone is, you know, he's a smart young man. Uh, I don't know if he's on the same level of, as his parents, but uh, he is a smart young man, but he is an athlete first and foremost. And, you know, he's he's in trouble. Uh, his father has actually kind of benched him, suspended him from playing whichever sport it is. We don't know. Um, for three weeks. He's very unhappy about it. He's talking with, to his mother. And his mother is sort of like, look, you know, you know your dad. Your dad was going to ask you to leave the team because you're letting your grades slip. I was able to talk him down to three weeks. You should really be thankful for me. He's very, very upset. And in a fit of rage, he kind of swipes his arm across the lab table, um, sending vials flying, which triggers an explosion. Cut to Vic sitting there in the mansion, in the Doom Mansion, and uh, he again he contacts Grid, which is his AI, which is his interface. And I talked about this last week about Grid, and uh, you know how in the comics who Grid is, and what Grid is, and what Grid could possibly become. Not going to go back there. But he contacts Grid and he plays back the footage. And we kind of see the footage, the accident, pretty much the way it happened. Uh, we see him getting upset, swiping his arm. We see the explosion. And 
he asks Grid, you know, if this if, is this authentic, has it been doctored in any way? And Grid replies that it has not been. So, how are we going to find the chief? They pretty much go down into his basement and just start going through his files. They 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 figure they have to they have to find something that's going to lead them there. While they're doing that, Vic is doing a search, I guess, using Grid, and finds out that. Um, Mr. Nobody is uh, Eric Morton, Eric Morton, sorry, uh, former member of the Brotherhood of Evil. Now, the Brotherhood of Evil has shown up in the comics. They, you know, I kind of know them from the Teen Titans cartoon show. They were uh, sort of enemies, nemesis of the Teen Titans, I believe, um in past runs of the Teen Titans, they did sort of serve as a nemesis to them. They've had multiple, multiple lineups in it. Uh, they are also an enemy of the Doom Patrol because some of them came about uh, directly or indirectly as a result of the Chief's sort of science interference, what have you. So Mr. Morden was a former member of the, of, uh, the Brotherhood of Evil. Uh, as we discover that, Rita, I believe, discovers a picture of the donkey. Yes, the donkey who she had to kind of slide down his throat last episode into this interdimensional gateway. And they see that the picture that the donkey is in is from 1948 and Paraguay. So it's strange. Why would the chief hold on to a picture of a donkey? It has to mean something significant. Around this time, Vic shows up and uh, really just tries to take charge here. It's really great to kind of see the react, uh, the interactions between Robot Man and Vic. Uh, Vic is all sort of, you know, let's assemble, let's have a briefing. Nobody's interested at all. Uh, Robot Man constantly pokes fun at him. Larry is just being very mopey. Crazy Jane, we don't know what we're getting with her. And Rita's sort of like asking the question, like, look, are we really the type of people that go after super villains? You know, we're not a super team. It's just great to see uh, Cliff, Robot Man, constantly poking fun at Vic. Um, You know, he calls him Batman. Great rousing speech. Justice League 2020, he says. Uh, There's another point where they actually do decide to head on out, uh, go down to Paraguay to try to find the chief. When Vic's dad informs them, he's like, look. You work for Star Labs. This is not Star Lab business. Vic, you're on your own. So they take the school bus and they have a road trip down there. They do stop at a hotel, a motel, and uh, it's great because Vic hides the keys and then pretty much taunts, uh, I'm sorry, Robot Man hides the keys and pretty much taunts Vic for losing them with the line, I bet Aquaman never loses the keys. It's it's just great to see it there. Um, I mean... <sighs> I don't know if we can even call these guys a team. They can barely hold it together. Speaking of barely holding it together, we see that Rita's really struggling uh, as a Lasta woman. She's struggling to hold herself together. Uh, again, after the events of last week where Mr. Nobody got into her head, something in her past, something to do with a child, a baby, whatever it is, she's really struggling with her focus to hold it together, but she is trying her dignified best. Um She's very reluctantly going along on this mission. I mean, it's great because this show, again, is mixing the comedy. I mean, when they're on the road, you know, we see them uh, as as we see like in, in other shows and movies. They are traveling by map. You know, we see a little icon on the bus heading around the map, spinning, turning, flipping over, what have you. Cut scenes of different people driving. Um, we get a shot of Negative Man arguing with 
the negative persona or the negative being that lives inside of him, uh, who as negative man is driving actually decides to leave him and nearly cause an accident, trying to, trying to make some kind of point because at the end of last episode, Larry was trying to kind of reconcile or trying to set some ground rules with the being that lives inside him. And as we see later on in this episode, the two of them do come face to face who knows where their relationship is going to go from here, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, like I said, there's a stop at a motel. I mean, they're really, really falling apart here. They're really at each other's f- throats when one of Crazy Jane's personas named Flit, uh, who's a teleporter, decides she's had enough of this. She grabs Larry. She grabs Robot Man. And next thing they know, they're in Paraguay, right where they need to be. There we meet a guy named Steve. Steve is so thrilled to be there because he's going to meet the famous Dr. Von Fuchs who apparently has a machine or a process that can really give you any ability. Uh, At first, they kind of dismiss him as crazy until he says, you know, if I had the money, I'd get the Morden. Well, that gets their attention. What exactly is a Morden? Well, we find out that this Von Fuchs was a German scientist who later became a Nazi scientist who believed in bettering the human genome or or bettering humankind in general through his science, you know, giving them superhuman abilities. And he now offers a service where if you would like a superpower and you have the money, you can do it. Uh, The top of the line sort of modification is what they call the full Morden, which is getting metahuman powers from an alternative dimension. And we find out that this is what happened to Eric Morden. Uh, He was getting this process done. It was almost complete when uh, Niles Calder stepped in, tried to kill Dr. Von Fuchs and destroyed the machine and in the process stole something from him. How do we learn this? Through a puppet show. Did I tell you how great this show is? You get a little marionette show. It's, It's incredible. So they decide, the three of them decide to investigate and find out what's going on. Uh, Larry actually finds the device and uses it to kind of separate himself from the negative being that lives inside him. Uh, before this, though, we do get flashbacks uh, of his life. Pretty much the day before his flight, uh, he's he's meeting with John, who is his lover, his secret lover, uh, who's basically telling him, like, look, after tomorrow's flight, Come on, I'm leaving the Air Force. You leave. Let's go and be together. You know, we're never going to be accepted here. Heck, it's 1961. It's There's very few places where we are going to be accepted, but at least we could be together. He doesn't want to do that. He is struggling. He is trying to hold on to this all-American boy image. We also see him having a confrontation with his wife, and his wife knows. Like, she calls it... Or she says, you know, you promised me you'd stop uh, these late night beers with the guys. She knows what's going on here. Larry can't let her go either. You know, she's his rock. He needs her more than anything. He promises her things will be better. So when he confronts the negative being inside of him, you know, he's like, look, I use the machine. We're separated. You go your way. I go my way. You ruin my life. Negative being, though, kind of shows him John once again, where John confronts him and tells him, no, Larry, you you ruined your life. We get some flashback scenes after the accident. Uh, you know, Larry is very badly burned and he's also highly radioactive. So he's kept pretty much inside this giant concrete bunker. His wife comes by to pretty much tell him that, you know, 
this is it. She is leaving him, you know, and not because of the accident or what happened to him. She's like, you know, look, she, the line she gives him is, you know, she says to him, Larry, I really hope you pull through this and you get out of there. And when you do, you find the love that you deserve. I mean, she knows. She knows who he is and what he's all about. And she sees this as her chance to get a clean break. She tells uh, her children that daddy has gone away for a while and most likely will never come back. So Larry's a broken man. John comes back. John does the opposite. Hey, buddy, I re-upped in the Air Force. I'm the only one that could put up with you, so you get better, and, and, you know, I'm there for you. Larry sees what's going on in his life, and he pretty much dismisses John. He feels that he doesn't deserve it. He was horrible to John before, and, you know... Maybe he feels it's not fair that John stay around. Maybe he feels he doesn't deserve it, but he pretty much sends John away. Where does where does this kind of put the relationship between Larry and the negative being that lives inside of him? We don't know. But you know what? At least they're communicating. While this is going on, Crazy Jane actually meets up with Dr. Von Fuchs, and we find out something very interesting in her. Because the thing is, they're trying to find out more. They're trying to find the chief. Uh, so they decide that they are going to go through the process. Um, they hit a little snag due to the fact that they have absolutely no money. So Jane tries to strike a bargain. She says, look, I have 64 distinct personalities with 64 distinct powers. She goes, take some of my blood, do whatever it is you do. I think that's payment enough. She gets to meet Dr. Von Fuchs, who we see as this old man pretty much strapped into a an iron lung powered by a guy turning a winch. I mean, this is just a weird show, but it's a great show. He pretty much knows, he deduces that Jane, who we see, she's not the core personality. There is a core personality in there. And he says, you know, when you were a little girl, somebody did something very horrible to you. This is where your 64 different personalities came from. And they're now protecting that core personality. Is it Katie? who never wants to come to the surface, or is it another one? We, we don't know. But what Jane basically says is, you know, she said, yeah, something traumatic did happen in her life, but it was basically being poked and prodded and messed around with crazy scientists like you until that core personality was saved by the chief, Dr. Niles Calder, which is why she is so desperate to find him. Um, we see some of her personalities emerge. Uh, once again, Hammerhead makes an appearance, Silver Tongue. Uh, some great fight scenes here because, you know, Dr. Fuchs basically tells her, he's like, look, you're one vessel containing 64 personalities. I'm one personality spread out amongst multiple bodies because we see the people that work here who are these very stereotypical sort of German youth, boys and girls wearing lederhosen, speaking with very, very prominent German accents. They're extensions of his personality. Uh, He lives in them somehow. I'm not quite sure how it works, but uh, they confront Jane and they also confront Robot Man, who's trying to find out what's going on. Um... Robot Man pretty much goes berserk and tears them all apart while Jane does it too and ends up killing Dr. Fuchs. But before he dies, Dr. Fuchs tells her, you know, this victory really isn't yours. So who knows where we stand with that. Vic sees, um, I'm sorry, uh, Cliff, Robot Man, sees the devastation that he just caused. While they were searching for information on Niles and Mr. Nobody, uh, he actually came across his daughter's phone number. 
And we see throughout the episode, he's toying with the idea of calling her. At the end, when everything wraps up, and he's covered in blood from pretty much tearing apart a whole group of neo-Nazis, he kind of crumples it, doesn't really throw it away. He kind of puts it aside, perhaps thinking that, yeah, he's probably better off not contacting his daughter. She she doesn't deserve this. She's assumed that he's been dead for the past 10 years or so. And if he's this horrible, you know, a brain inside a robot who pretty much has no problem pounding people into paste, maybe they really shouldn't meet. And that's really where we leave it is they get little to no information on the whereabouts of uh, Dr. Niles Calder. Something that was very interesting in this episode, we did not get any narration from Alan Tudyuk, a.k.a. Mr. Nobody. Uh, He only makes an appearance in a photograph. And that's it. At the end, sort of a not really a stinger scene because it comes just before the credits. Like you think the show's over and the credits are about to roll. There's a pause when we see good old Steve. Uh, right before they left, uh, another one of um, another one of Jane's personalities, uh, Sunhead, appears. Who's basically that giant leviathan with a sun for a head. She pretty much burns that machine and they leave, having killed Doctor Fuchs, having seemingly destroyed his compound. So at the end, we see the destroyed compound, and we see Steve kind of poke his head out, saying, Guys, was I supposed to be in there that long? And he steps out, and he has the head of a raptor right next to him. Uh, He has one hand made of celery. And uh, the other side of his body is kind of half reptilian and half sort of mineral. Uh, I had no idea what the heck was going on there. My first thought when he first stepped out is, is he supposed to be Swamp Thing in some kind of way? No, he's actually Animal Vegetable Mineral Man, and I had to look that up. I had no idea that he was that person or who that person was. And yes, that is a classic villain or a classic nemesis of the Doom Patrol. So now, not only did they have to deal with Mr. Nobody... Apparently now they all, they're also going to have to deal with Animal Vegetable Mineral Man. Maybe also because the Brotherhood of Evil was mentioned. Maybe we'll see members of them show up. Who knows? But once again, you know, week after week, episode after episode, and we are only three episodes in, the show continues to be very, very good. Uh, like I said, it mixes absurd, absurd humor with very kind of deep-touching personal moments uh you know again even though we don't see much of her we do see the inner turmoil that rita is going through larry's story is really kind of fleshed out some more and and the struggles that he has uh really kind of dealing with his past and dealing with this negative creature that lives inside of him cliff continues to struggle with the fact that he is a brain and a robot and even though he does want to reconnect with his daughter Maybe it's not for the best. And, you know, now with Cyborg joining them with the fact that him thinking that his memories, his thoughts, his feelings are really computer programming and perhaps a lie, you know, and this whole time thinking that he's going to be some ace superhero and the next member of the Justice League, you know, this is probably all a lie and he's trying to deal with it as well. Going forward, I mean, I see great things for this show. I'm still enjoying it and I really hope you're enjoying it too. sorry wow what happened there guys thanks for listening do me a favor head on over to www.brothersandarmchairs.com that's the website that links you up to every single podcast in the brothers and armchairs network don't forget also i'm on a new podcast um if you are a fan of game of thrones 
myself and my friend John from uh, Nerd and Me, we do a new podcast called Gab of Thrones, G-A-B, Gab of Thrones. Anywhere you find this podcast, you'll find that podcast as well. Uh, we're currently discussing episode by episode season seven leading up to the eighth and final season where when that comes out, we'll be going episode by episode and kind of breaking it down and seeing where that excellent show goes. This is Jay, and I'll talk to you guys later.